to you by the Las Cruces Sun News. This is Straight Shooter. What is going on, everybody? This is Justin Martinez, a.k.a. Jada Sports Dude. And if you are listening right now, let me just say thank you for tuning in to Straight Shooter, the podcast where I shoot from the hip and give you everything that you need to know about the New Mexico State men's basketball team. This is episode 14 of our season-long journey. So if you're a returning listener, then welcome back. I missed you. And if you're new to the program, well, then welcome to the family. Where have you been all my life? Guys, we have a lot to talk about today. So sit back and relax because I got you i'm coming to you from a place that i like to call the saloon so bartender what do we have on tap for today on tap today is a recap of the utah valley series week eight whack predictions and a preview of the tarleton state series all righty thank you bartender i have my lasso in hand and it's time for our post game roundup the segment where i round up my thoughts in the most recent new mexico state game and in this case the aggies split their semi-home series against utah valley this past friday and saturday losing game one by a score of 69 to 66 and then winning game two by a score of 67 to 60 new mexico state is now six and six on the season three and five in whack play and I have my takeaways from this past weekend's action. Let's go ahead and get started with takeaway number one, which is that defense is more important than ever for the Aggies. Now, I know that's been something New Mexico State head coach Chris Jans has emphasized since he took over the program, but when you look at the past Aggie teams, they had more room for error when it came to their defense because their offense was capable of just outscoring and outshooting their opponents. But that hasn't been the case so far this season. So far in WAC play, New Mexico State is 0-3 when its opponents score more than 70 points. 70, that's not a whole lot, but it's been enough to beat the Aggies because they just haven't been able to find their consistency on the offensive side of the ball. Now, the glass half full mentality for this past weekend series is that New Mexico State's defense played well. It did. It held Utah Valley to an average of 64.5 points per game. But on the flip side, the Aggies still only scored 66.5 points per contest and shot a combined 37.4% from the floor. Those numbers have to go up because playing well defensively is great, but you're left with hardly any room for error when your offense isn't also clicking. Now we have takeaway number two, which is that New Mexico State is capable of guarding bigger centers. That really hadn't been the case for the undersized Aggie squad entering the series. The team got manhandled by 7-foot Grand Canyon center Abjorn Midgard and 6-foot-11 Cal Baptist center Gorshak Gak earlier in whack play. Now the team looked to be in for a similar fate as a matchup against 6'11 Utah Valley center Fardaw's AMAC, but New Mexico State really impressed me with how it handled him. The Aggies kept him off the block as much as possible. They brought in extra help down low every time he did get the ball, and they really made life difficult for one of the more dominant centers in the conference. AMAC entered the series averaging 15.7 points per game, and yet he was held to just 8 total points on the weekend on 2 for 9 shooting from the floor. He actually recorded the same amount of turnovers as he did points in the two games. Now, AMAC still averaged 16 rebounds per contest, which is to be expected for the nation's leading rebounder, but I thought New Mexico State really held its own despite not having nearly as much size. So props to Johnny McCants, props to the guards such as Clayton Henry and Jabari Rice for timing their help defense well. It really is an encouraging sight because all of the top teams in the WAC have centers that are 6'11 or taller, so that's exactly the kind of effort that the Aggies need to put forth whenever they do have those matchups. Now, of course, New Mexico State was able to double-team AMAC because Utah Valley isn't a great three-point shooting team. That's why they were finally leaving guys open on the perimeter. And while that game plan definitely won't work on a team such as Cal Baptist, for example, because they have so many shooters, I still think this series can serve as a confidence booster, if you will, for an undersized New Mexico State team that really had been struggling to hold its own down low against some of these imposing big men. 
But now it is time for my big takeaway of the day. And it said New Mexico State is getting better, guys. The Aggies did earn a split this past weekend at the end of the day. But when you look at that loss on Friday, it wasn't due to a lack of effort. New Mexico State beat Utah Valley on the offensive glass 11-8. The Aggies also won a turnover battle 15-5. They even recorded 23 bench points, which is something they've struggled to do consistently this season. It was a good effort all around. They just couldn't hit a shot, as we talked about in that first takeaway. New Mexico State went 24-63 for 63 from the floor in Game 1, which is 38.1%. 7 for 29 from deep, which is 24.1%, and perhaps worst of all, 11 for 20 from the free throw line, which is only 55%. As bad as those splits are, I was fine with most of the looks. I think it's just a matter of shooting with more confidence, and that could be corrected much easier than trying to get somebody to play harder. Then you look at Saturday's win. New Mexico State won the turnover battle yet again. This time it was 14-9. They took good care of the basketball. They also held Utah Valley to just 60 points, and Trey Woodbury and Fardos Amac only combined for 9 points. Those are two of the big three players on that team along with Jamison Overton. These are two good showings by New Mexico State, and that's honestly just as important as getting the win at this point because as much as you want to have that treat every game like the Super Bowl mentality, the fact is that the only wins that really matter now for the Aggies are the three that they need in Vegas to get that automatic bid. But the question still remains, can New Mexico State build off of this? Can they get a streak going and enter the WAC tournament with some real momentum? Well, I guess we're going to find out this weekend, guys. Alrighty, folks, that buzzer means it's time for segment number three, which are my week eight whack predictions. Last week, I went 6-0 in my picks. I had splits for the New Mexico State and Utah Valley Series, the Grand Canyon and Cal Baptist Series, and the Dixie State and Tarleton State Series, which is what happened. So that puts me at 25-6 on the season, not too shabby. And now it's time to take a look at this week's matchups, of which there are three of them. We're going to get started with Grand Canyon at Seattle. The Lopes are 13-4 on the year, 7-1 in whack play, and they're fresh off a split against Cal Baptist, winning game one by a score of 71-61, and then losing game two by a score of 65-62. That marked Grand Canyon's first conference loss of the season, but it doesn't come as too much of a surprise because before this Cal Baptist series, the Lopes actually hadn't played a game since January 30th when they played New Mexico State due to COVID-19 protocols. Abjorn Midgard had a good weekend as expected. The 6'11 redshirt senior averaged 12.5 points and 13 rebounds per game while shooting 60% from the floor en route to his third WAC Player of the Week award. But one guy who also produced was Mikey Dixon. The redshirt senior is really the X-factor for Grand Canyon, and he averaged 14 points this past weekend, although it was only on 38.5% shooting from the floor. Not the most efficient, but still, the Lopes are dangerous when they get some scoring out of their backcourt because it takes a load off of Midgard and Alessandro Lever. So we'll see if Dixon and company can continue that moving forward. And then in Seattle, the Red Hawks are 9-8 on the season, 2-3 in whack play, and they didn't face UTRGV this past weekend after all because their flight actually got canceled. If you follow New Mexico State's road series against Seattle two weekends ago, you know that area had been getting some pretty nasty weather, so that's why the games against UTRGV did not happen. Regardless, the Red Hawks are going to lean on Darion Trammell and Riley Grigsby this weekend against Grand Canyon. The two stars are combining for an average of 37.6 points per game this year. That's the most of any duo in the WAC. But another guy to keep an eye on is Kobe Williamson, the 6'8 freshman center from Melbourne, Australia. Ozzy, 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 oi, oi, oi. Williamson has been pretty impressive this year. He's a solid rim protector who's averaging a block and a half per game. And he's going to have his hands full against Midgard this weekend. So we'll see how he handles that. 
Now, the deciding factor for this matchup is going to be Seattle's ability to penetrate. The Lopes have a lot of size and length, and that causes problems for their opponents. The Red Hawks' offense is only as good as Darion Trammell is, so the question is, can he get into the lane and either finish over the trees or find an open teammate for a bucket? We'll see if the Lopes can contain him, because if they do that, they're going to be in great shape. Grand Canyon won't have its home court advantage in this one with all of those screaming fans, but I still think we'll see a split this weekend. Now, let's move on to our series of the week which is UTRGV at Utah Valley. The Vaqueros are 9-4 on the season, 2-0 in whack play, and they finally get to play their first conference game since January 16th when they kicked off their conference run against Dixie State. Now, the team did play Dallas Christian this past Sunday, and it earned a 116-51 win. Sean Ray continues to be the go-to scoring option for the Vaqueros. He put up 19 points and 5 rebounds in the win. But another guy who stood out was Uche Dibiamaka. The junior guard recorded 15 points, five steals and five rebounds in the winning effort. He's another player who plays well on defense, and that's really the MO for this team. The Vaqueros pride themselves in their ability to shut down opposing offenses, so we'll see if they can do that this weekend. Then there's Utah Valley. The Wolverines are 8-9 on the season, 6-3 in whack play, and one guy who's looking to bounce back is Fardaz Amak. The 6'11 redshirt sophomore averaged 16 rebounds per game against the Aggies in this past weekend's series, which is to be expected from the nation's leading rebounder, but he really did struggle to generate his offense. Like I said in that first segment, Amak was held to 8 total points on 2-for-9 shooting, and he had the same amount of points as he did turnovers in those two games. He really got stifled against the Aggies, so we're going to see how he responds against ETRGB. Now, the deciding factor in this series is going to be whether or not Utah Valley can take advantage at the free throw line. 43.5% of the Wolverine shot attempts come at the charity stripe. That ranks third in the country. This team can get to the line at will, and UTRGB, probably the most aggressive defensive team in the WAC, is known for fouling. 25.5% of points scored against the Vaqueros come from the charity stripe. Now, that sounds like a buffet for Utah Valley, right? Well, maybe not. Despite getting to the line with ease, actually making those freebies is anything but for the Wolverines. Utah Valley is shooting 61% as a team in that department. That ranks 342nd in the country. UTRGV's defense is ruthless. The Vaqueros make you work for every shot, but the one thing that they do give up easily is free throw opportunities. And if the Wolverines don't capitalize on those, they're going to be in some serious trouble this weekend. We're also going to see just how good UTRGV is because the team hasn't been tested in whack play so far. I still believe the Vaqueros are one of the better teams in the conference, and I think we'll see them force a split in Orem. So that is going to do it for our look around this week's WAC matchups. We still have one more on the docket, though, which is New Mexico State's road series against Tarleton State. I'm going to preview that in segment number three. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Alrighty, folks, that buzzer means it's time for our third and final segment of the day, which is a preview of New Mexico State's two-game road series against Tarleton State. The pair of contests are scheduled for Friday and Saturday. Both are tipping off at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, so let's jump right into it. The Aggies are 6-6 six six on the season, 3-5 in whack play, and they split their semi-home series with Utah Valley this past weekend. Jabari Rice continued to lead the way for New Mexico State. He averaged 16 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, and 1 steal per game against the Wolverines en route to a whack player of the week nomination, which ultimately went to Grand Canyon's Abjorn Midgard. The 6-4 redshirt junior is just a stat sheet stuffer, and at this point it doesn't seem as if that heel injury that he suffered against Cal Baptist a few weeks ago is affecting him much, if at all, so that is a good sign for the Aggies. Now, another guy who really shined was Evan Gilliard II. The senior point guard averaged 12.5 points, 
two and a half assists and one and a half steals per game over the weekend. But what impressed me the most was the fact that he took care of the basketball, committing zero turnovers. Now, Gilliard has really become one of the most trustworthy floor generals in the WAC, so credit definitely has to be given to him for that. If you follow my Sun News Spotlight series that I do on lcsunnews.com, you know that I broke down some of his film two weeks ago, and his decision-making really has improved since joining the team last season. Then there's Tarleton State. The Texans are 7-9 on the year, 2-6 and six in WAC play, and they're fresh off a split against Dixie State, their fellow WAC newcomer, winning Game 1 on Friday by a convincing score of 77-59 before losing Game 2 on Saturday by a score of 64-48. to Two totally different outcomes, and it really wasn't any one player who was consistently good for the Texans over the weekend. Montre Gibson entered the series averaging a team-high 14.8 points per game, and yet he followed up Friday's 16-point performance with a 9-point outing on Saturday. Really, the star of Friday's win was Konstantin Donsenko. The 6'7 sophomore dropped a career-high 23 points on 9-for-16 shooting, 4-for-8 from deep. This guy's a true stretch four who can really light it up when he gets hot, as we saw on Friday, but consistency is the key. Dotsenko only had six points in Saturday's loss, so we'll see if he can find his touch again this weekend, because that would really be big for Tarleton State. We're also going to see if Tosh Small plays at all for the Texans. The 6'5 junior is averaging 10.9 points and a team-high 6.7 rebounds per game, but he did not suit up against Dixie State in neither of those games. I haven't been able to find out why he didn't. The problem with some of these WAC teams is that they don't have a designated beat writer on their local paper, so it's hard to get updates. I can't just search Toss Small injury and see what's happening with them, similar to that Riley Grigsby situation two weeks ago. But whether or not Small plays is going to be big because of his work on the boards. Tarleton State doesn't have a whole lot of size, but Small is one of those guys who really crashes the glass well. Now let's take a look at my key to success, and it's for New Mexico State to score in transition. Tarleton State forces a turnover on 22.3% of its opponent's possessions, which ranks 37th in the country. This is a team that makes up for its lack of size by being gritty and physical on the defensive side of the ball. So the best thing the Aggies can do is not let the Texans set up their defense. Get out on the run and get some buckets that way because it's going to be really difficult to generate offense in a half-court setting. But guys, now it is time for my prediction. So can I get a drum roll, please? Alrighty guys, so for this one, I've got New Mexico State winning game one by a score of 68 to 63 and then winning game two by a score of 71 to 65. I really like what I saw out of the Aggies defense this past weekend against Utah Valley and this is a rare series where they will actually have a size advantage for some of the matchups. So hopefully that'll help them get their offense going as well and route to earning their first sweep of whack play. But guys, that is going to do it for episode 14 of Straight Shooter. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, share it with the rest of Aggie Nation, and consider subscribing or following, depending on whatever platform you're listening to this on. If you guys want to stay up to date with all things Aggie Hoops, make sure to follow me on Twitter at JadeSportsDude and subscribe to the Las Cruces Sun News. This has been Justin Martinez, a.k.a. JadeSportsDude. I'll see you guys next Wednesday. I'm out.